Are you an F1 student or H1B worker who claimed to work for a US company when there is no actual job? Did the company issue W2s or pay stubs showing you were paid when you really were not? If you seek to maintain F1 OPT, F1 STEM OPT, or H1B status through employment when there is no real job, you run the risk of being found inadmissible under INA 212A6C1. This law states that you have a lifetime bar if you engage in fraud or willful misrepresentation of a material fact to obtain a U.S. immigration benefit. Even if you keep your status or visa for now, the bar can be raised at any time in the future, sometimes years later. Being inadmissible disqualifies you from getting a change or extension of status a new visa, or lawful entry to the United States, while a 212D3 non-immigrant waiver or I-601, 212I immigrant waiver might solve the issue, it doesn't work in every case. It's best to avoid a fraud or misrepresentation charge altogether. This is Episode 11, U.S. Immigration Risk in Getting F-1 OPT or H-1B When There Is No Real Job. Hello and welcome to the Legal Immigrant Podcast. My name is Diane Williams, your host and a U.S. immigration attorney at Diane Williams Law. F-1 OPT and F-1 STEM OPT students and H-1B workers must be careful about the employers and petitioners they associate with. Through various methods such as workplace site visits and data tracking, U.S. immigration agencies may question the legitimacy of OPT and H-1B employment even if there are no criminal charges or conviction against the employer, like there were against Fine Dream and Sinocontext owner, a company can still be flagged for non-compliance with U.S. immigration and labor laws. This includes providing fake employment verification or failing to provide the required training and work experience to the F-1 OPT or H-1B employee. Fake does not mean the verification didn't actually come from the employer or its authorized personnel. Rather, it's a situation where there are no real job-related tasks or activities to do, or it involves an F-1 STEM OPT or H-1B position that has to be paid, but no actual payment is going into your pocket or bank account. U.S. Customs and Border Protection, USCIS, and U.S. Embassies and Consulates routinely share information and lookouts with each other. Each agency can make the INA 212A6C1 charge in different contexts. The CBP may refuse admission at a U.S. port of entry, whether you're traveling by land, sea, or air. While they could allow you to withdraw your application for admission, they may instead issue an expedited removal order. The removal order itself creates a five-year bar to re-entry under INA 212A9A. If they add a fraud or misrepresentation charge, this creates a lifetime inadmissibility, and they will cancel or revoke your visa under federal regulation. USCIS may deny an extension or change of status request based on a fraud or misrepresentation charge. The issue may be raised in a Form I-539 application for extension or change of status, a Form I-765 application for employment authorization, 
or a Form I-129 H-1B petition, especially when it includes a status change or extension request. A U.S. consulate or embassy may refuse a new visa under 2126 c one If it's an F-1 visa, they may further deny it under 214B, failure to overcome presumption of immigrant intent, simply due to violation of status. If you're in the U.S., they can also send you an email stating your visa has been revoked so that you will not be able to use it for re-entry if you depart the U.S. Here are some key F-1 OPT and STEM OPT rules to follow. When you're an F-1 student, you have limited time to secure employment to avoid falling out of post-completion OPT status. OPT is optional practical training. F-1 students may apply for work authorization to work in their field before or after completing their studies. You may apply for up to 12 months of OPT before completing studies or after completing studies. If you had pre-completion OPT, this period will be deducted from the available 12-month period of post-completion OPT. To get post-completion OPT, you must submit the Form I-765 Application for Employment Authorization as early as 90 days before and no more than 60 days after completing your studies. You do not need to have a job offer at the time you file for post-completion OPT. Students with degrees in STEM, designated science, technology, engineering, and math fields, may apply for an additional 24 months of work authorization. This is known as STEM OPT extension. You must have a job offer from an e-verified company at the time you file for STEM OPT. You may apply for it up to 90 days before your post-completion OPT expires and within 60 days of the Form I-20 issuance by your designated school official or DSO. You cannot file for STEM OPT extension after your post-completion OPT expires. During the OPT period, you may be unemployed but only for a limited number of days. With post-completion OPT, your grace period of unemployment is up to 90 days. If you're unemployed for more than 90 days, you fall out of status. With a 24-month STEM OPT extension, you have an additional grace period of unemployment of up to 60 days. If you're unemployed for more than 150 days total, during the entire post-completion OPT period, including regular OPT and STEM OPT period, you fall out of status. Depending on the context, the CBP, USCIS, or the U.S. Consulate or Embassy may request information or documentary evidence showing you maintain status. If you claimed employment with a flagged company, you can expect some complications in your case. The situation is more problematic if, but for your association with this company, you would exceed the unemployment grace period. What does employment mean? An offer letter doesn't necessarily lead to employment. Even if you report the start date based on a job offer to your school and the CIVIS records and I-20 gets issued, these factors alone don't mean you're employed. If you're not actually doing work, or training in your field of study, there's no real job from the U.S. government's perspective. You need to watch out for the unemployment rules to avoid falling out of status. 
Failing to maintain F1 status means you will be ineligible for change of status, like H1B, or for extension of status to complete further studies. With post-completion OPT, the position must be related to your major area of study. It can be a paid job, a paid internship, an unpaid internship, volunteer work, contract work, agency work, or even self-employment. Although you don't have to get paid, the task you perform must relate to your field of study and not violate U.S. labor laws. For example, the volunteer work should not be a normally paid position. The student reports all employment to their DSO to maintain status. The position could be part-time or full-time, but must include at least 20 hours of work per week. You may have more than one employer to have the minimum number of work hours. With STEM OPT extension, the position must be related to your field of study and be paid. Unpaid internships, volunteer work, and self-employment are not allowed. The employer has to be enrolled in the E-Verify program. STEM OPT candidates must work at least 20 hours a week and perform tasks in accordance with the Form I-983 training plan for STEM OPT students. You may work for more than one employer, but each employer has to be in the E-Verify program and submit a separate Form I-983. Both the employer and student sign the form. The I-983 is submitted with the Form I-765 Application for Employment Authorization. H-1B employment involves more paperwork it too requires a real job and the position has to be paid as stated in the labor condition application and the in the form I-129 petition. The position must be a specialty occupation that requires at least a bachelor's degree in the specialty area and the beneficiary must have the required degree and qualifications. F1 students with a timely filed H-1B petition and whose F-1 work authorization will expire before the H-1B begins, earliest October 1st, may be eligible for a cap-gap extension in the U.S. In many cases, the OPT or STEM OPT employment is what allows the F-1 student to change to H-1B status without departing for visa processing at the U.S. consulate. F-1 and H-1B visa fraud schemes are a major problem for international students and foreign national workers who use fake job offers to obtain a work permit. Immigration agencies may do on-site visits to confirm the visa holder is actually working for the employer and performing the appropriate duties. When little-known companies like Fine Dream and Sinocontact showed a high number of F1 OPT and SEM OPT workers, this prompted further investigation. In March 2019, the U.S. filed a criminal complaint against the owner of Fine Dream. In an affidavit, the FBI special agent stated it was a company on paper only, with no actual physical presence, and was created to provide false employment verification to F-1 students seeking OPT. The indictment stated the owner advertised Fine Dream as a startup company in technology services and consulting with clients in China and the U.S., they heavily recruited F-1 students from China using a WeChat platform. Fine Dream and Sinocontact did not deliver any services 
or employ any of the persons who responded to the ads, the indictment stated. In exchange for a fee, they provided job offer letters and employment verification letters as proof of employment, the charges alleged. Falsified payroll records and tax forms were also said to be provided. Many F-1 and H-1B visa holders, especially from China, had their visas revoked or denied or refused entry to the U.S. following travel abroad because they had listed Find Dream or sign a contact to receive work authorization. F-1 and H-1B visa holders, most from India, also face U.S. immigration and visa problems if they listed Integra Technologies, Aztec Technologies, Andwill, Wireclass, or Telon Trading to obtain OPT, STEM OPT, or other work permit. Problems include refusal of entry to the U.S., visa denials, visa revocations, and denials of change or extension of status request. In some cases, a 212A6C1 charge is made. There are more requests for evidence and notices of intent to deny by USCIS to I-765 STEM extension applicants and H-1B petitioners for similar reasons. The RFE or NOID often requests a complete employment history, including start and end date, and proof of employment for the initial grant of OPT. The notice will list examples such as letters from employers, establishing job titles, duties, location, pay rate, and number of hours worked per week. It will also request copies of your earning statements or pay stubs and copies of your W-2s. It may ask if you worked for an employment agency or consultancy, you must provide evidence of the jobs you worked on and the dates worked. It also asks for information on remote work and client sites. Giving a job offer letter is not enough because this just shows an offer was made, not that you actually worked at the company. And if you claim to have performed certain duties when you did not, this is a misrepresentation. And if you fail to disclose your association with a flat company, but your I-20 or other records reflect this employment, you may be hit with a 61 charge. Fraud or willful misrepresentation of material fact to obtain a U.S. immigration benefit is a permanent inadmissibility ground. It's a tough bar to overcome. Federal agencies have made it a priority to deter and detect immigration fraud and have increased site visits, interviews, and investigations of petitioners who use the F-1 OPT and H-1B visa programs. If you're seeking to get or maintain F-1 OPT or H-1B status, you must watch for three indicators that the petitioner or employer may be flagged. Number one, does the company require you to pay a training fee including before it issues the job offer letter or Form I-983 training plan? They might offer to give you training, work experience, client contact, and networking experience, but first you have to pay the fee. A $200 to $400 fee might seem reasonable, but you really should not be paying a fee for training that the employer ought to be offering as part of his obligations. As a beneficiary, you have no or little data on how many F-1 or H-1B visa applicants they are associated with or whether they are complying with the laws and rules. But the U.S. immigration agencies do. These companies can be quite aggressive in their recruitment, advertising, and outreach, and often market specifically to foreign nationals in F-1 and H-1B status. Number two, 
Does the company fail to assign roles and responsibilities, as stated in the job offer letter, Form I-983 for STEM OPT or Form I-129 petition for H-1B? Is your workplace location the same as what's reported to USCIS or the Department of Labor? You might fill out onboarding paperwork and get a welcome packet, but is any real work or training opportunities being assigned to you? You might get a bit of training or materials to read here and there, but as the days, weeks, and months go by, it starts to become obvious that there is no real work. F1 OPT and F1 STEM OPT students must perform tasks for at least 20 hours per week. H1B workers may have flexible hours, but still need to be paid regardless of whether or not they have assignments. If you have a lot of idle time, it's time to find a new job. Again, you need to be working at least 20 hours per week to maintain F1 OPT or F1 STEM OPT, and you have to be receiving pay for STEM OPT or H1B job. While you're looking for a new job, follow up with the employer or supervisor about work assignments. Keep a paper trail, whether in the form of emails, text messages, telephone records, letters, and so on. You want evidence to show you did what you could to maintain status and any violation was not willful on your part. Number three, does the company offer employment verification, pay stubs, and W-2s when there was actually no real work or no pay received for an F-1 STEM OPT or H-1B position? This is where you could have the most problems. While the employer is responsible for assigning work, the employee or beneficiary bears responsibility in what they submit to the U.S. Immigration Agency. So if, for example, a new employer is filing an H-1B petition for you and you give them an employment verification letter or pay stubs from a prior employer that failed to assign real work or failed to provide real pay for what was supposed to be a paid position, it's harder to challenge a fraud or misrepresentation charge. The longer you're associated with a flagged company, the more U.S. immigration risk and visa problems you will have. As soon as you find out there's no real job, move on quickly. If you're running out of time, you might be tempted to use fake employment to maintain status or stop the accrual of unlawful presence. But you run the risk of not only falling out of status, but also being charged with a lifetime inadmissibility bar under 212.6c1. U.S. immigration agencies are less forgiving when it comes to fraud or misrepresentation. It basically means you have been found to have lied to the U.S. government to gain an immigration benefit. Have you been associated with a flagged company like FindDream, Sinocontech, Integra, or Aztec? Have you faced U.S. immigration and visa problems because of your work history? Contact me through my website at dinewilliamslaw.com to request a consultation, and to discuss possible remedies. In the meantime, check out the show notes for links to more resources on this topic. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with others. You may also subscribe to the Legal Immigrant Podcast and e-newsletter to get updates. Thank you for joining me and tuning again for the next episode.